Welcome to the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. If you want to step up your game, overcome challenges, or simply explore the avenue of how to grow your business, this is your one-stop shop. Join us, A4G Chartered Accountants and Advisors, as we provide food for thought and real actionable guidance to help your business maximise its full potential. Don't worry, we aren't going to blind you with technical jargon or maths. We are taking a fresh approach to accountancy and doing business. Our bite-sized chats will be easy for you to listen to on your daily walk, as you're cooking the dinner, or simply a lunchtime learning curve, with valuable discussions from our expert team and friends of the firm. It's time to learn, it's time to grow, it's time to get down to business. Hello everyone, I'm Emma White, I'm one of the partners at A4G, and I'm joined this morning by Luke, and he's going to tell us a little bit about foreign exchange and um, he's from Money Corp. Luke tell us a little bit about Money Corp. Hello Emma thank you very much and thank you to A4G for letting me come on really looking forward to this yeah I uh, my name's Luke Walden uh, I work in the corporate partnerships team at Money Corp um, just to give you a really brief background on Money Corp the business in case any of your listeners aren't aware of us we are one of the largest foreign exchange providers globally. Um, we've been trading for over 40 years. Uh, we're now operating out of 11 jurisdictions across 18 offices. Um, and as a as a business, we, we transact over 35 billion in client funds annually. Now that covers uh, over 15,000 corporate clients and many, many more individuals, essentially just helping them in, in two key areas. And that's uh, a, a cost reduction, with regards to um, uh, rates of exchange when, when converting currencies and also uh, an FX risk management uh, tool or strategy for corporates and, and individuals who, who have upcoming payment needs. Yeah, re- really lovely to have you. I think it's, it's quite an interesting point we're at, isn't it? Like we're in the world of kind of in between where things are starting to open back up. I think there's quite a bit of excitement. There's quite there seems to be quite good predictions about how we're going to sort of bounce back as an economy um, and everyone's going to be able to spend some of the money they've been able to save from sort of not traveling and not going out so um, that's kind of perfectly timed I think. Um, I think if we kick off with probably one of the questions at the moment is kind of what do you think the currency risks are at the moment for the market? Well, regarding currency and, and, you know, talking specifically about sterling, I imagine, um, I wouldn't say that the recent strength in sterling has been built on sand. I wouldn't quite go that far, but um, certainly it's it's in relation to um, the robust vaccine rollout in the UK and then the imminent expectation of of the economy reopening. As you, as you said, I mean, last year, the UK GDP sort of contracted by something like 10%, I think. And at one point it was looking far, far worse than that. Um, Bank of England are talking about potential 7.5% growth this year. That's, that seems to be getting revised upwards, which is obviously um, helping helping sterling push a bit higher. We had some UK unemployment data beginning of this week, which was encouraging. Um, but yeah, so I, I think there's still quite a bit of risk to the downside. I don't think it would take a lot to go wrong uh, and you know touching every bit of wood I can see in front of me that that doesn't happen but I don't think it would take a lot to go wrong for sterling to depreciate um, if not if not in the in the near term certainly in the in the in the sort of medium term uh, I mean just to put it into con- context for you I don't know you know if you're if you're looking how close you look at it but 
Uh, we've got to remember that sterling, I mean, we, we, we use the barometer against the US dollar probably the most. Um, and against the US dollar, sterling is still over 25% stronger than it was back in the bleak old days um, at the lows when COVID first hit the UK back last year. Um, and it actually, from the beginning of this year, it's up, I think, over 5%. So it's doing remarkably well, but it is that is sort of based on, um, you know, the vaccine rollout, how well it has gone in the UK and the hope that it's going to continue. So quite simply, I think anything that puts a spanner in that in that works will will I think sterling will struggle on the back of that. I mean, you know, I, I must admit, I, I've been speaking to some clients this week um, and I, 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 I've been a bit wrong in the last few in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I thought the concerns around the Indian variant uh, which are still ongoing. By the way, we're, we're recording on the 20th of May. It's still, it's still, a, it's still a concern. I thought that would have weighed on sterling, but it, it doesn't seem to at this moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I, I suppose also we've got to look uh, globally as well. Obviously, the UK has done a remarkable job to this point, but at some point you would expect the US and Europe to to catch up. At which point, you know, that those currencies might catch up and, and sterling might may depreciate. So I guess uh, I guess it's a bit of an obvious answer, but I think that I think that that is that is the crux of it. We we do need to keep an eye on what's what's going on with the vaccine rollout. No, I, I think you're absolutely right there, Luke. I think it, you know it, it's been going really really well, hasn't it? But you know so the supply chain and stuff. You just got to see how that affects things and the um, different variants that they seem to keep cropping up. Unfortunately, I mean one yeah. of the things. I mean you kindly did a presentation for our team on foreign exchange and and the kind of predictions on what sterling might do. And one of the things that kind of really hit home for me was when you look at the forecasts from you know what are considered the leading experts in the field is the range of opinion there um and i think i think kind of the point that that made really is it's really really almost impossible to predict mm. and that's often what stops business owners sort of making decisions about how they tackle foreign exchange through sort of fear of picking the wrong rate um, but I know one of the things we've discussed before is actually the danger of doing nothing and the kind of exposure that can give your bottom line. So, you know, so I'd be interested to hear a little bit more um, from you on that. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? You're right. It, uh, you know, we, we, we work with a, a large number of banking providers and uh, as such, we do get quite a lot of useful insight from their, from, from their analysts. Um, and I think the uh, infographic you were referring to in the presentation, there was a good, I think, 12% difference between between the highest uh, expectation of sterling dollar, I think I used, against the lowest so to, to the end of 2021. And like you say, it just goes to show that, you know, th these analysts who are very well paid to do their job and they're, they're constantly analysing the markets and different influences that will, will go into where sterling will, will, will head, um, even they can't agree on it. So I always say to, to our clients, you know, to FD CFOs that we speak to, you know, if these guys can't agree, then why would an FD or a CFO at a, at a business um, uh, be, be able to, to guess where it's going to be? And I get, at the end of the day, no one knows. I get asked all the time, you know, where do you think sterling is going to be next week next month and i just have to be i mean yeah it's always good to have a view of course but you have to be honest and say i don't know you know my, my job isn't to tell you where 
the rates are going to be because I don't know. My job is to give you informed decisions around what products are out there to protect your business against such current, against such fluctuations. Um, and it's it's very much just trying to change mindsets, I think. Um, not everyone. You, you speak to some clients who are totally on board and, 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 and get it. But some people, I think, do feel like it's an opportunity to try and make extra money just to, to just by leveraging movements in currency where for me personally um if i'm a, a uk import business uh, importing uh you know nuts and bolts from from overseas for for our, for our for our business why do you want to take the risk of potentially uh, eroding profit margins or, or or increasing costs you know just just because you, you think just because you you yeah you, know, you, you want to have it a go at seeing where the FX markets are, are going to end up. For me, that just doesn't seem like the right, the right mindset. Um, hedging is all about negating risk. It's not about trying to beat the markets. This is all about understanding your, your budget rates. If you're agreeing a contract on day one based on a certain exchange rate, you know, you want to be fixing that in if, if at all possible. You want to know that you're going to be receiving that, that certain amount of sterling I would, I would assume over that period of time and, and it works both ways. And in fact, we had a conversation with a client the other day who, ex, who was exactly in that, that boat where they were, um, they were cautious about hedging um, uh, because just in case the rates did go in their favor. And we, we did propose the question to them, look, if, if you could get paid in sterling, would you be happy with that? And the, the chap said, well, of course, because that, that then I, it means I don't have any FX risk. Well, that is exactly what hedging FX is. You're, you're literally just taking the FX currency movements out of it. Um, so I think a lot of it is just trying to change mindset. And if you do come across, the, which we do, some business owners who, who really don't want to put all their eggs in, in one basket, so to speak, then they don't have to hedge their full exposure. You know, if there's someone who knows that they have, let's say, I don't know, half a million dollars to, to buy over the course of a 12 month period to a supplier, but they they're wary of purchasing all of those dollars up front, well then they could purchase a quarter of a million dollars in that example. So at least they have some level of protection in place, um, but then they still have some participation in, in what we call the spot market. So I guess, it yeah, for me, it's just changing, just trying to change mindset a little bit. And that's our job. It's not about predicting where it's going to go because no one knows, as we just said, but if, if we can give some, if we can give clients some certainty over, over, over profit margins and costs and, surely that that can only be a good thing oh absolutely and i think it, you know it's, it's people understanding isn't it what what their what their margin sort of bottom line margins are mm. and how much of a risk they can expose themselves to um yeah. i mean i always think particularly if you're publishing prices online and you've got a way that you cost your product or service because of because of that um, you know, you need to be sure that your costs aren't going to move significantly and just completely eradicate your bottom line. And yep. as much as I, th I think you're absolutely right, I think there's this expectation that as as clients, you probably want to try and beat the FX, you know, rate and um, sort of get, get a good good deal while it's on the up. My concern as an accountant, obviously being slightly more prudent and um, about things is actually, you know, I think... I would much rather not have the exposure the other way, um, just just because of how it can impact margins and and really affect you know the the owner manager's earning potential and you know that's 
that's what it's designed to protect really isn't it it's just to give you certainty rather than necessarily sort of winning you know a short-term gain yeah absolutely i mean we always tend to use the example of um uh used to work with a yacht builder uh, of all companies but they they used to obviously receive dollars and they had about a 15% profit margin. Um, the From the time of agreeing the, the price of the yacht through to actual delivery was about a 12 month period. And by the end of the, because they didn't fix their rates, they just, they, they, they agreed a price on day one at a certain exchange rate. But by the end of the 12 month period, they had eroded about 12% of their profits purely just from the, from the currency exchange. Um, and it still baffles me slightly why businesses wouldn't look at that. Now, whether that's, an education thing, which is one of the reasons why we're doing we're doing podcasts like this, where that's an education thing, where if businesses haven't done it before and they're just a little bit wary of using hedging products, then that's fine. But it, let, let's have that conversation and talk about it because, um, you know, in simple terms, hedging or using forward contracts. You know, we keep using the word hedging, uh, hedging, but essentially you're using forward contracts. It's no different, really to booking a uh, a foreign exchange transaction as a spot transaction i.e a same day or next day payment all you're doing is you're agreeing a rate today but just fixing that for a period of time in the future as simple as that and then as and when you need your you know if you're if you're selling something overseas as and when you're taking receipt of of uh, funds from an overseas client you just draw down on that contract but it's all done at the pre-agreed rate agreed on day one um yeah so for me i i I struggle to find the argument against not doing that, um, unless you know, you're a business that's that's cash rich and um, you know it's not going to make a, a, a fundamental problem to your to your bottom line. But um, you know, talking to a lot of small, medium-sized businesses, where let's be honest, cash is king, and you could probably you could probably talk about that far more than I. Where cash is king, you know, every penny counts, and why would you want to take that risk? For me, it, it doesn't seem logical, but um, but I also accept that everyone's different. Everyone doesn't think like me. I'm I'm in your camp. I'm probably more concerned, more risk averse. Um, so I accept that. But even if that is the case, there are still products out there, um, which you can use, which aren't lumping your eggs all in one basket. Use that phrase again. There are products that we have um, that clients can still get a level of protection to the downside, but still get some kind of participation should the should the rate move in their favor. So it's always worth having that, that conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in sort of turnover's vanity and profit is sanity. Hmm, and actually like this, um, this is why this is a really good sort of educational piece for us to release to clients because um you know I'm a firm believer in that actually you should be using your management accounts to assess your pricing to assess your cost and your profitability and actually this this all plays a part doesn't it I mean I've seen businesses where they do cost materials and have exchange rates in that costing but how often that's checked and um is probably not as often as they'd like. How often people reflect on their prices is probably less than they'd like because they're all busy people. Um, and but certainly, the the kind of the marrying the what we hope it will cost us compared to what it will cost us is is sometimes a bit of a hope and a prayer. So absolutely, um, you know, I do think all of this goes goes to sort of helping businesses really secure that profit that they're trying to cost for when they are doing those costings 
I mean, I think probably, you know, we do work with a lot of owner managers, so they are incredibly busy. Um, and unless something is sort of sometimes screaming as like a, an on fire issue, it might just not get to the top of their to do list. But I think quite often businesses are being invoiced in sterling, even if they have, you know, even if the goods are coming from abroad and things. So they don't necessarily spot that it's they're initially exposed to, to sort of that foreign exchange risk. Have you got sort of any tips on how you'd recommend people kind of look out for that or maybe how they tackle the conversations with suppliers to maybe um, sort of improve improve yeah. what they're getting? Well, funny enough, we, we had a conversation only last week with someone doing exactly that. Um, he, his kickback was that he uh, gets paid in sterling, so he's... He's absolutely happy with that. And as soon as you start asking some more questions, i.e., um, that do you find the, uh, the the client is changing the price from time to time in sterling? And he's like, yeah, actually they do. They do change. They, yeah, they come through and they do start changing the price. And we're like, look, at some at somewhere along the line there has to be uh, an FX conversion, whether that's at your end or their end. Now, if you're receiving sterling, yes, that's that's, that seems great because you're a sterling denominated business and, uh, and, and, it, and it means you haven't got any FX risk. But it probably means that the client who's paying you is taking that FX risk into account. And they are, they, they could be potentially holding the cards, uh, so to speak, on that front. They will be factoring in a buffer for FX risk um, and they will be changing the pricing should there be substantial moves in the FX market. Now, so you know, our feedback to that client was, look, do you, do you want to be in that position where you're having to potentially, you know, pay more sterling for that particular product than you than you should be? Because the you know, the client is obviously factoring in a, I, I, I we, we didn't know how much it was, but it might be a two three percent buffer for an FX rate move, um, or would you like to be proactive about it? Speak to your client, and say, look, you can you can pay us in your local currency. I'm sure they'll be over the moon with that. I can't imagine anyone would would, uh, would, would moan at having pay, yeah, paying out in their own currency. Um, and also, we we can then manage the FX rates for you. And because we are we are able to source much much more preferential rates than than the high street bank, it it will end up that we that the client ends up receiving more sterling for that. Um, and I will say it's I think I think you're right. I think you know. Business owners have lots of things on their on their plate. Yeah, you know, they're they're trying to they're trying to spin many plates and juggle many balls. Um, but this is for me, and I'm a bit biased because it's it's what I do. But it's for me, it's an important aspect that I think they should be looking at more. And really, it doesn't take that much time and effort to assess and do. Um, you know, onboarding a facility for a, for a business can take a day or two. We can then quickly run through their cash requirements, what they're, what they're looking to receive and how much. We can quickly put in place uh, an FX strategy for them and that's, and that's it, it's done. And then they get that peace of mind that, you know, they've got a, they've got a happy client paying them in their local currency. Um, they're going to, the rates are fixed, so they're not going to be exposed to any currency volatility during the contract period. And hopefully uh, they're going to be receiving more sterling at the end of it. Um, so I, I do sort of go back a little bit to the, the change of mindset point that I made on the on the hedging piece. I think it is just trying to um, educate and just open people's eyes a little bit and just say, look, th this can be done and it really isn't that complicated. Um, yeah, that's, so that's what that's, that, that's the message you try to get out. It's I, I do understand people are busy and they have lots on their plate, but but hopefully by doing things like this, we we, we can. 
uh, open those conversations for, for, for clients. Well, and I think assess the risk that they have got, haven't they? That's the that's the thing. If someone was to say to you, you know, you know, if you were reporting on how much your exposure was, you know, if if it was a line in the profit and loss accounts that said, mm. you know, loss due to not, you know, you know, not planning for foreign exchange twenty thousand pounds, you'd take action, wouldn't you? I think because it's hidden, it's yeah. almost like how do you you know how do you start addressing potentially this hidden loss in the business um that can just and, and any improvement on that is just straight on the bottom line isn't it which i think is fantastic those type of savings and it is having those conversations with suppliers where you know as a business owner you want their best price not their price with built-in buffers um, because then you're able to control the situation a bit better in terms of, you know, you paying them in their in their currency, but you're then getting the best price to you, which is which is much better, isn't it? It's a much better way round, I think. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's I mean, in terms of yeah, reducing costs, it's that that that's a sim- I mean, that that can be done within an hour. We, we can we can. You know, if, if we're just looking from a pure pricing perspective and we're not even looking at, uh, you know, any hedging strategies, because let's be honest, um, there are lots of businesses out there that don't have visibility or forecast over, um, you know, their future order book or they, they just don't know what's going to go out or come in, in in different currencies. That's fine. But if it's just a pure pricing um, exercise, that can be done extremely quickly. I mean, we, we can look back historically over transactions they've made we can do a live comparison and see if we can save the money straight away and that and that and like i say to you once the facility is open it's something that can that can take effect straight away and um you know go back to cash is king if, we, if we're able to demonstrate that we can make a saving of one five ten thousand pounds a year um if nothing else it gives the client just an informed decision whether that's something they wish to move forward with um yeah, as you say, there is that the the, the initial uh, the initial hook trying to generate that conversation, but more often than not, um, when we speak to clients, there's either look we can improve on your pricing. If we can't improve on your pricing, we can more than likely um, sit down with you and offer some you know, a bespoke hedging policy. Sometimes, more often than not, we can do both, and it can be a, it's a very smooth process. And as you say, as a, as a business owner, why why would you why would you not want to look at at least look at that to see if it, see if that was possible. Yeah, and ha- and have the availability of almost ask the expert if you suddenly get approached for a big contract that is, you know, is going to ex- you know expose you or or you know going to be dealt with overseas, then you can actually yeah. almost sort of assist them in the in the thought process for that planning, can't you? So, which I think is yeah. fantastic. I mean. You know, we love having you a partner as a partner of A4G, um, but yeah, I think it'd be good for you to just almost tell our listeners how Money Corp can help them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going, just touching on your point that you mentioned there, actually. And again, it's like we had we had a conversation the other morning where being an FD or CFO of a medium large business can be quite a lonely place, I would imagine. You know, when the the buck stops with you, um, and you've got to make a decision on. Oh, crikey, what do I do here? Do I do I convert all these this currency now, or should I look to hedge it? For how long should I hedge it for? Yeah, these can be quite big calls for for certain individuals. So, 
100%. We we sit side by side the businesses and we try and we try and help them through it. Um, and I think you mentioned earlier about reviewing costs. And I would, you know, if anyone's listening in, then it's the same with FX. You want to be constantly reviewing your pricing, reviewing your strategy because things change. Order books change. Um, you know, a, a, a client who's paying you in sterling suddenly might send you an email one day and say, "Actually, I want to pay you in in dollars now." So things are always changing. So I would I would I would encourage you know doing that all the time. In terms of you know what the the, the core services that we that we offer, there's lots and lots of things I could talk about, but the I always like to focus on the two or three key things really, and we've we've touched on on two of the main ones. The first is you know, let, let's see if we can reduce costs for a business. It's super straightforward, super easy to, to do that. Uh, a simple case of looking back over previous transactions or doing a live comparison and giving the client, you know, at least in, a, in, in black and white, they can see what the uh, annual saving may be going forward. Secondly, we want to look at their, um, their, their FX strategy. Um, have they got one at the moment? Should they have one? Um, it's not suitable for all. What's suitable for one business is completely not suitable for, for another. So we, we accept that everyone's different. So it's good to sit down and just, you know, look at their cash flow, look at their uh, upcoming forecast for contracts or, or uh, supplier deals, whatever it might be. And then we can put something in place for them. That's number two. The second or the third one is the handheld service. And it's, it is a cliche uh, thing to talk about, but even though we're a large organization, every client gets their own dedicated dealer uh, who they can bounce off, they can speak to, they can place transactions through. Uh, it's the dealer's job to inform clients of upcoming events or movements in the market. Because I would say on that, that it's all well and good having extremely tight pricing for your FX transactions, but if you're missing out on one to five percent moves in the market then type pricing largely goes out the window because you because you're you know the, the day before you could have you could have purchased the currency three percent cheaper than you did today so so you know so we so we, so we walked uh, clients through that we give them regular updates or of course every client has access to an online portal that they can they can uh, manage their all their payments themselves they can request quotes they can book uh, transactions they can upload beneficiaries, upload invoices, etc. get statement reports. Um, we, we do find that every client's different. Some uh, some some people like doing them all, all, all themselves online, which is absolutely fine. Others don't want to touch a screen at whatsoever and they want to speak to a dealer. And again, that's absolutely fine. But it's but but both services are there for everyone. Um, and lastly, just want to touch on, which is probably going into a bit more depth with regards to businesses that purchase currency using forward contracts, but there are um, requirements around doing that with FX providers, which I think people should be aware of. So generally, if you're purchasing currency using a forward contract, there is um, an upfront deposit that is required. Now that can range from anything between five to 10%, depending on the currency that you're, that you're looking to purchase. Okay, so that's something to consider. That's not, you know, that doesn't, that, that isn't held by the FX provider. It's not held by Money Corp, but that is factored into the contract. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the client's money at the end of the day, but it's a form of security in case the client defaults on the forward contract halfway through and we have to go back into the market, reverse the contract, and if there's a cost involved, that covers that. There's also another term called margin calling, which people should be aware of. It's essentially extra deposit but it's a bit of an unknown 
quantity because it's all reliant on what happens to the underlying rate compared to the forward contract that the client undertakes. Now, if the underlying rate moves significantly out of the money or against their contract, then we would probably ask for extra deposits. Again, it's a form of security in case the client defaults and we have to go back into the market and, and uh, trade out the position, we have some collateral. Now, what I would say is that Money Call, because we're a, a large business, we, you know, we have a big balance sheet, we are able to offer no deposit, uh, sorry, no deposit and no margin call forward lines for clients. Not always. There are certain criteria that businesses have to have to tick. Um, but if they do, then that's obviously a, a big positive from a more so from a cash flow perspective uh, than a pricing perspective. You know, if we're able to purchase half a million dollars for 12 months, um, but we don't require an upfront deposit of 5%, then as a business that I, I would think that that would be a that would be a, a, a pleasant thing to hear. So so we're, we're quite strong on that. But they're the, they're the key areas that, um, that that I'd say we focus on. There, there are many others. We, you know, we, we have the full product suite from very simple spot contracts, same day payments right the way through to quite bespoke and complicated currency option strategies as well, probably more for the uh, for the larger type businesses. But um, it's it's rare that we that we don't sit down with a business and are able to at least put one or two scenarios in front of them and say, look, we, we think these might be the, the the best strategies for you and then let the client decide which one that they wish to go for. Uh, absolutely. And the clients we've, you know, we've recommended to you, I know they've been incredibly happy with the service and the peace of mind that having you as their FX partner brings um, because they have got, you know, they have got that expert knowledge um, and advice about what might suit their business best rather than them just thinking, you know, just about one type of sort of sort of forward contract or spot contracts and just having that in place you do give them the range of options um uh, which gives them a lot more choice and and it's just that education as well isn't it it's them understanding yeah. why they're making that decision so uh, fantastic and what we're going to do um at a4g is we've actually going to put together a bit of a sort of regular slot aren't we between ourselves and money corp where we do kind of educate on what is happening in the markets at the moment just to keep our clients sort of in the loop a bit more than they might be yeah absolutely more than happy to do that um as you can imagine the the, the markets are constantly moving around actually of, of late it's, it's it's plateaued ever so slightly especially against sterling euro um I'm wary. I've not actually talked about the euro much in in this in this podcast. Obviously, referring to uh, the dollar quite a bit, but the euro is a is a funny currency at the moment. I think we're all aware that that Europe's got their own problems in uh, with regards to the vaccine rollout uh, and lots of underlying issues there. I mean, look, you know, Brexit hasn't gone anywhere. I'm sure you're speaking to businesses who import export. We certainly are, who are just having a nightmare by the sounds of it with paperwork uh, and shipping issues including costs so Europe has its has its own problems uh, and while that's happening we're seeing sterling euro uh, plateau quite a bit at the moment and it'd be interesting just to see actually over the next few months how how that unfolds whether Europe starts uh, getting their act together with the rollout which you would assume at some point they will 
Now, will that strengthen the euro? And as such, would that weaken sterling euro? Um, so that'd be interesting to see. But I'm, yeah, I'm where I haven't spoken about, but the markets have been a little bit quiet of late. But if you look back over the last 12, 18 months, and I appreciate that it has been extraordinary times, of course. But as I said at the beginning, you know, a 25% move in sterling dollar in one year. And that's not that's not you know, factoring in the, the movements in between that time as well. You know, it's huge. I mean, it's near on a 30% move as, as a, you know, as a as an exporter. You know, we're always interested to know, you know, what what effect is that having on your business? You know, as a as a UK importer who's who would say to us now, yeah, but it's, this is great because sterling's now 20% stronger than it was a year ago. You know, we're, we're it's fine. But then the the yeah, you know, the question there is, but what if sterling is 10% lower tomorrow? And I'm not saying it's going to. <laughs> That's a bit extreme. But um, it, over the next two three months, it it could easily be 10% lower if if you know if anything happens with this rollout. Uh, you know, how does that influence? How does that affect your business do you do you pass those costs on to your customers potentially making yourself less competitive um, or do you wear that cost yourself potentially eroding profit margin so yeah I'm more than happy to update however however frequently frequently you wish um, but I think it's good to stay I think it's good for clients to stay on top of the markets and just just have an understanding of what's going on um, and of course if there are any questions then then that's then, then we're more than happy to field those absolutely plus we're coming out of a period where the world hasn't been normal for a long time has it and so although things might like might may look good compared to 12 months ago you know where do they where how do they compare to 24 months ago when you know we were all wearing shoes on a regular basis so it, it is <laughs> it is having that having that reflection isn't it as well of to you know the 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 normal norm rather than the new norm so uh <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting that's for sure um i mean yeah who, who knows I mean, the, the bank of england are saying that we're going to be hitting pre-covid gdp levels by the end of this year um which is interesting i think i think we, we had a we have, we've had a couple of banking analysts on our calls at work and i think they're well the two analysts that we spoke to are both seeing it probably near a mid 2022 maybe even q2 2022 before we hit pre-covid uh, levels for GDP so it'd be interesting to see but hopefully fingers crossed touching wood we are on the way out and um, the restrictions will ease on track and let's let's hope the UK economy can can get back booming again as to be honest with you that the whole global economy I think you know we're all we're all exposed to the global economy aren't we so you know how, how it's going overseas in the us and europe is just as important how it how it is going over here but um yeah fingers crossed we're, we're, we will come out of it okay absolutely well thanks luke i think um we'll wrap it up there but do watch out everyone for our recording of the podcast and our regular updates thank you thank you emma thank you a4g brilliant